Hey everybody, welcome. This is No Bones About Wrestling, and of course, this is AEW Weekly, your weekly source for all things All Elite Wrestling. Uh, we're at a weird time this week with the holidays, so sorry we had to change things around on you. Um, I think our uh, our time may be changing as well, so just just watch on uh, watch on X. And um, our, as I said, our weekly time may be changing, but we're here for now. So just watch on X. There's, there will be an announcement about our time changing. Um, but I'm Asa, and uh, I'm your, one of your hosts, and I'm here, as always, with Kay. Hi. Fabulous. And um, let's jump right in it, because we got a lot to talk about tonight. Um, first, AEW Dynamite. Holiday Bash, December 20th, Oklahoma City. Starting off the show was a Continental Classic Gold League match. Swerve Strickland came in with nine points. He was taking on Roosh with six points. Uh, we began with some mat wrestling. Roosh hit a tope suicida to the outside on Swerve. Uh, Roosh hit his fake-out kick in the corner then. Uh, Swerve hit a Juji Kitame. Uh, Roosh flipped Swerve onto his head and neck on the apron. It was a tough-looking spot there. Uh, the two exchanged German suplexes. Uh, there was a twist straight jacket pile driver by Roosh. Roosh belly-to-belly suplexes Strickland off of the ring apron to the arena floor. Roosh misses a centon splash. Swerve hits a 450 splash for just a one count. Swerve hits the house call and then hits a stomp from the top. And Swerve gets the pin for the win and has 12 points, securing a spot in the Continental Classic semifinal. And this match, very good to start off Dynamite. Four and a half bones out of five. Uh, Kay, what do you say about this opener? So before we even get to the wrestling, uh, Swerve has a new video package for his entrance. Um, and I don't like it. Um, it's very cartoony, like it's supposed to look, I think, like comic book style, like Batman 69's like pow, wham kind of font, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just feel like it doesn't fit his character at all. Um, so I just thought that was worth noting. No, I thought that's, I didn't think the, the, the Batman thing, that's new on me, but I thought, I felt the same thing, just the, the video didn't. The video style didn't fit Swerve's style. Yeah, yeah. it's very cartoonish. Yeah, um, I hear you. Uh, but it was a very fast-paced match, uh, very hard-hitting, good mat wrestling. Swerve took several hard falls in this match, not mm-hmm. just the one onto the apron. Um, the audience was, like, really hot for Swerve. Like, they were constantly cheering for him. Like, normally you get that towards the beginning of the match or, like, right after someone does something awesome. But they were, like, consistently through the whole match doing the whole whose house, Swerve's house thing, you know? Um, yeah, Swerve is pretty over. Yeah. I would yeah. say. Um, and then there was a cool stretch muffler by Swerve. Those are my notes. Uh, all right. So next, and as I said, Swerve is in the Continental Classic semifinals. So what do you think are his chances for winning the whole thing? Like the whole whole thing? The whole Continental Classic. Well, you've made me not want him to. Um, yeah. Because you pointed out that if he wins this, he's likely 
not going to be in the world title scene for a good long while. And I don't want that for him. I want him to be in the world title scene. So I hope he loses. But I hope he wins the semifinal because I want to see Swerving Danielson. I gotcha. I gotcha. That's, uh, yeah, that's the, I think I've drilled that into you. That's what I want as well. I want to see Swerve and Danielson. My opinions. That's what I thought from the very beginning. I wanted Swerve and Danielson in the final. I just used to want to have Swerve win, and now I want to have Danielson win. Yeah, that's, that's what I want. I want Swerve and Danielson in the final with Danielson winning. So Swerve can go after the world title. Yeah. Um, so next they do a continental classic recap of what's happened, uh, in the, in the week. And after that, Chris Jericho wishes Kenny Omega the best and says that as soon as Omega is ready to return, their Golden Jets team will be waiting. Up next, we have another Continental Classic Gold League match. Um, Mark Briscoe, zero points versus Jay Lethal, zero points. So this one all for pride. Uh, they exchanged some wicked chops to begin. Uh, Briscoe hits the Mick Foley elbow drop from the apron to the arena floor. I love that spot. Uh, Briscoe keeps trying uh, to get a steel chair into the ring, and the ref keeps throwing it out uh, under the floor. That was a pretty funny spot. Eventually, Briscoe gets the chair in the ring. He sets it up, comes running, and does a somersault plancha off of it uh, onto Lethal on the outside. Uh, Lethal hit his top rope elbow drop for a two count. Uh, Lethal went for Lethal Injection. It was countered. Lethal hit the J-Driller for a two-count, stealing that move from Mark Briscoe's departed brother. Uh, Lethal Injection was countered again by Mark Briscoe. Uh, Then there was a J-Driller by Briscoe. He got the pin and the win and three points and the pride on the line. And this was a good match. The Continental Classic, full of good matches. Uh, this one was four bones out of five here. And Kay, what do you have to say about Mark Briscoe beating Jay Lethal? I love Mark Briscoe. That's the first thing I have to say. Um, and I have to say that every time we talk about Mark Briscoe because I love him. Um, this is kind of unrelated to what actually happened during the match, but I really like how in his promos he was explaining how this is really like he's u- viewing this tournament and this year in, of his in wrestling as his rookie year even though he's been wrestling for God knows how long um, because he's always been a tag team wrestler. And so this is really his first year ever as a singles wrestler. And so I just thought that was a really fresh and healthy look at, uh, look at things. It's a fair, Um, fair argument. Yeah. And I had been really disappointed that he hadn't been awarded any points in the tournament. So I was very glad when he finally got these three over Jay lethal. Um, There were some struggling suplexes back and forth between the two with Jay finally being successful. I kind of liked that, like that they were both trying to stroke, kind of struggling to get the other one over. Mm -hmm. Um, I love Mark's Cactus Jack elbow drop. Um, And I liked that after he launched himself off the chair on the outside, he grabbed a hat from the audience member, put it on his head, was like, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. It was very funny. That was funny. But yeah, I just, I really enjoy, I enjoy him a lot. He's one of the few, few people whose chops I don't mind because he has these like knife edge, like chops that are like, like lightning fast. Like he looks like he's like stabbing you with a pencil, but really it's his hand. So everyone else, you're, you, you hate their chops? Almost everyone else, I hate their chops. Really? Yeah. I did not know this. 
There's too much chopping. Oh, I agree. There's too much chopping. Yeah, yeah it's There's not necessarily like the way they chop that I hate, but it's like the frequency and duration with which they chop that I hate. Uh, but like his chopping is pretty good. Eddie's when he gets the like machine gun chopping, that's that's okay. Um, it's definitely yeah. a mark of a modern wrestling match, except WWE. Everywhere except WWE mm -hmm. is the chopping. And yeah. even then, it's in some matches there. Yeah. Uh, so, Mark Briscoe, where do you think things are going to go for him after the storm? That's a good question. Um, Back to Ring of Honor, or do you think he's going to stick around in AEW? I think he's going to stick around in AEW. I though. hope so. I hope so, too. He belongs there, yeah. I think. Yeah. And he's um, good enough to be in AEW. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd like to see them do something with him. Uh, I mean, he had that storyline going for a while with like FTR and the oddities. What are they actually called? They don't have a name. Oh, yeah, okay. we just call the the Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal and all them. We just call them the oddities because, um, like, why are they together? Yeah. Why is that group together? <laughs> you know, just a group of freaks. You got a redneck and a seven foot four guy and Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt and why are they what, and Karen Jarrett? What brings them all together? Who yeah. knows? They're the oddities. Yeah. So, I mean, he had a storyline going with them for a while. I'd like to see them move away from that. And I don't, that's a good question. Um, maybe international title. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see a belt on him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, he had, like, the crowds are behind Mark Briscoe mm -hmm. uh, for a singles push and a singles career. Mm -hmm. He has the momentum, and, yeah, I, I, he's hot, mm -hmm. and they should, AEW should go with it, Yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think. Uh, so MJF was inducted into the National Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. And there was a recap of that event. And actually, uh, the only other wrestler in there, I believe, is Bill Goldberg of WCW and WWF. Uh, and actually, our buddy Dylan from Last Week in Wrestling, uh, he attended this event. And he said he got to speak with MJF for a good 40 minutes after the event and just hung out with MJF and his parents. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Said so he was a very nice guy, and I, it's crazy he got to meet him because he's like his, his idol, kind of. Mm -hmm. um, it's his tribal chief. Yeah. Yeah, they're both from Long Island. Uh, next, there was a Wardlow promo on MJF saying, we're getting closer to MJF's world ending. And Poor MJF. He's just getting it from every direction. Yeah. So, so obviously Wardlow is alluding to World's End on Saturday here. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> really? Yeah. No. So he says his world is world ending. You don't think about World's End? Uh, no, I did not. So, no. well, that I guess that's my last question. My next question: You think we're going to see Wardlow attempt something on MJF at World's End? Yeah. I mean, now I do. I did not think that. Uh, and now, do you think Wardlow is affiliated with the the devil and those folks, or do you think he said he, he kind of wants us to think he's not? You know, he wants us to think he's not, but I think he is. I think he is. 
I think your is. hair argument was a good argument and kind of won me over with a hair argument. Yeah. Yeah. There's that one night when Wardlow's hair was all messed up right after the segment where we had the masked men and his hair was all messed up as though he had just been wearing a mask and took it off. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people on the internet caught that. Um, that was what convinced me that he had just been one of the guys in the mask. Now, just, just because he had played one of the guys in the mask doesn't mean he's going to be the guy in the mask. You know, let's get it straight. Mm-hmm. But I think in, in storyline, I think he is, he may be, I think he's going to be one of the characters in the masks. Well, not to jump the gun to something that happens later in the show, but when we see the devil's minions this week, we see like, like 10 of them. Yeah. They have multiplied. And so, I mean, just odds are he's one of them because there's not that many people who are on the active roster that are there every night, you know? Yeah, but I don't think we're going to get a stable of like 10 guys. I think we're going to get a stable of like five guys. Yeah, so why did they have so many? Uh, It's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. I hope it's the Dark Order. I just thought of that. Give the Dark Order something to do. They're the devil now. They've been secretly recruiting from throughout the roster and on Ring of Honor. Building up their ranks secretly without telling anyone. And then, bam, the devil. Now, that could be cool, actually. Yeah, I would be awesome. I would dig that, yeah. That. Robin, you're cutting your, uh, your top of your head off a little there. Yeah. I always do that. I know you always do that. You want me to stop doing that? Well, yeah. Mm, my head's big. There too. you go. That's good. Mm, I prefer it. And I brought, brought mine a little closer as well. I prefer it cut it's off. Too far away. All right. Uh, then we had a recap of the Devil's Minions putting Hangman Page through a car windshield. Uh, and next, Samoa Joe comes out and invites world champion MJF. Uh, invites him out to answer some questions about the devil. The two have words, each questioning the other. MJF shoves Samoa Joe, and then eight masked men show up. That's the number I put. So I didn't actually count, but that's the number it seemed like was that's eight. That's the number I wrote down, too. Oh, okay, so yeah. eight. I was just saying ten. Okay. It looks like a lot of people. Uh, they beat them up, send them away, and then the lights go out. Uh, the devil appears on the screen, then disappears, and then a message displays. And Kay, if you will uh, read the message that, that came on. Sure. Um, so the first screen said, where can you go? Next one said, who can you trust? The next one said, next week, will you accept the challenge? And then the next screen said, for your ROH World Tag Team Championships. And the last screen said, are you a hero, Max? So first, let's get it out of the way. It's kind of weird that the devil is after the Ring of Honor tag team titles, right? So, yes, but I don't think the devil's after them. I think he's after stripping the titles off of Max. He just wants what Max has. has. Yeah, and Max and technically starting uh, with that. He wants what Max and uh, Adam Cole have. Yeah, and I think he also wants to cause chaos. And so he's going after the thing that's causing the most chaos because it's forcing MJF and Joe to work together against a common enemy. You know, I I feel like 
I think he's going to go after the world title eventually. Yeah. Because I also don't like that tag match because they accept uh, the tag match. Uh, so sorry for the spoiler. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, Samoa Joe, I should I should say, yeah, yeah. come uh, Samoa Joe and MJF accept for n- next week on Dynamite, which mm-hmm. is going to be tonight on Dynamite. Yeah. They put the titles on the line against two of the Devil's minions. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. Like, I don't expect the Devil to be one of the two people vying for the for the Ring of Honor tag belts. I think it's going to be his minions in the match. It'll be interesting. Will they actually have a match tonight? The last time they said we were going to see the Devil's minions wrestle, we saw it didn't happen. Match didn't happen. Yeah, Elijah, they just attacked Max backstage instead. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think they'll do that twice, though. Uh, I hope not. Yeah. I hope not. But it'll be way easier, I think, to figure out who the minions are if we can see them wrestle. Yeah. Because most wrestlers have a somewhat unique style, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially me. If I can see somebody wrestle, I'll be able to tell who it is. I, I identified Rick, I masked Rick Rude based on his mustache. <laughs> that was from, from Halloween Havoc 1992. <laughs> and if you, if you didn't catch that reference... Um. Yeah, so interesting stuff going on with the with the whole devil storyline. Um, now they need to bring it to an end soon. I think they're they're at a at a risk of letting this go on a, a little too long. Um, I think it needs to start wrapping up around World's End here. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah, something needs to happen. Yeah, something needs to happen. Yeah. How long does it take for a broken ankle to? Uh... Heal before you can wrestle again. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's the uh, question. Yeah, I don't know when Adam Cole will be back. Uh, maybe that's why they're having to, to drag things along. I, I assume oh, I think it is. That's definitely, yeah. Um. So we'll see when things happen, but I I assume we're going to find out who the devil is on Saturday at the pay per view. You know what else I thought of? And I think a lot of people assume that too. This uh, showing like sentences up on the screen yeah it reminds me of sammy guevara with his cards you know <laughs> yeah and so i thought maybe maybe the devil's gonna be sammy and this is like the updated version of his poster board and well, sharpie there's a thought there's a thought i'm just you guessing know, everyone so that way when it's someone that i guess i can be like look i was right you know how pissed off people will be oh if it's God, Sammy, Guevara. Sammy Guevara? People will be very angry. I think they would be less angry at my Dark Order idea than yeah. they would at Sammy Guevara. People would, oh my God. I'd people rather it be that. Sammy Guevara than the Jungle Boy, though. I think it would be interesting no. if it were Jack Perry. Stop putting that into the universe. I think it would be interesting. I would, I would like to see where it went and what they did with it if it were Jack Perry. I would lose almost all interest instantly. Really? Or Jack Perry. Hmm. I'd be interested where it was going. Hopefully, and now if it were Jack Perry, hopefully he's been out taking acting classes. Or he keeps the mask on and then we never have to see his face while he's reading lines. No. All right. So now let's move on. So next, uh, Renee is with international champion Orange Cassidy. Chris Satlander, Rocky Romero, and Trent Beretta, the best friends. Uh, and Orange Cassidy takes an innocent statement made by Rocky Romero as a challenge. And uh, Rocky Romero gets an international title shot on Rampage. 
And I saw that match and it was pretty good, but Orange mm -hmm. Cassidy kept his belt. Uh, up next, number one contender to the AEW Women's World Title match, Soraya versus Riho. Uh, Ruby Soho was watching on a monitor. Riho starts off with three Hurricane Rons. Uh, Riho hit a poor 619, no force behind it. Uh, Riho with running knees to the face. And she got the pin and the win, earning a world title match at World's End. This match was not very good. They they didn't have much chemistry. They didn't really link up on a lot. One and a half bones out of five. Not a good match. I have not, not, not much more to say about it than that. Kay, what do you have to say about Riho versus Soraya? Well, I say that uh, someone who's in a 1.5 bone match shouldn't be on our top five <clears throat> for women. Um, but also, uh, so at one point, Soraya hid behind a security guard uh, at one point during the match, which I found hilarious and entertaining. Um, oh, and then I didn't understand what my note was, but Soraya picked up Riho by her legs and just swung her back and forth against the barricade over and over again. And I enjoyed I that. Enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was a good spot. Uh, and then that's my only note. This match was not very good. No. Like I said, one and a half bones out of five. After the match, world champion Tony Storm comes down to the ring with Luther. She examines Riho with opera glasses, uh, so she'll appear larger to her. Uh, Riho attacks Tony Storm hitting her with a 6-1-9. And then Mariah May comes in for the save, nailing Riho in the head with a world title belt. And I believe she busted Riho open. Le legit. Um, I saw some pictures on the internet of uh, Riho bleeding from, the, from her head, uh, from the back of her head. Uh, Tony Storm uh, gets in Luther's arms, trying to figure out who this woman in the ring is, uh, although Mariah May has been in Tony Storm's dressing room for weeks. Uh, so, yeah, Tony uh, Storm defending the world title against Riho at World's End. I love that Tony Storm is pretending like she has no idea who Mariah May is. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. And we're going to, I believe, we're going to see Mariah May debut fairly soon here. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the holdup is, uh, but it should be should be pretty exciting she's from what i've seen she's very good i think they're just trying to build a character yeah first yeah 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 i think they've done it mm -hmm. at I this too. point yeah. so let's let's do it let's see her i wonder who she'll wrestle you know it's a good question probably a jobber is my guess yeah well Up next, Tony Schiavone reads a prepared statement from TNT champion Christian Cage. Uh, Cage's statement says he took Nick Wayne on vacation and will return on collision. <clears throat> Excuse me. So not much in the prepared statement. Uh, up next, backstage, MJF and Samoa Joe are arguing. MJF walks away, and he sees a mask right in front of the Mogul Embassy dressing room. Uh, so MJF knocks on the door. Prince Nana answers, and then uh, Swerve Strickland kind of comes out and presents himself. 
the two talk about their history on the indie scene, driving hours together. Uh, and eventually they get to talking about the devil. MJF accuses Swerve of being the devil. Uh, eventually, though, Samoa Joe comes to retrieve MJF. Uh, that's just after the Mogul Embassy dressing room door opened back up, revealing, you know, the uh, the Gates of Agony, Brian Cage, Prince Nana in there. Uh, this this had this was an excellent segment. Had a lot of tension between MJF and Swerve Strickland. You know, MJF talking to Swerve, telling him how he had what Swerve wants, the world title belt, uh, and how you know Swerve's not going to get it. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see Swerve toe to toe with the world champion. Mm-hmm. As he pretty much accused MJF of ducking him since he's been in AEW. What what did you think about this segment? I thought the segment was great. And that's what I was gonna say is like this is the first time that I can remember that we've seen those two talking to each other. Mm-hmm. You know? Um so I feel like it's a really exciting direction to see Swerve's character go in. I hope that the Keith Lee stuff doesn't get in the way of it. Um because I feel like this is what they should be doing with Swerve. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, great segment. More of this. More of this. Plus, I like that they're kind of building up opponents for after Joe, you know? That's how it seemed. Yeah, how it seemed. And at first, you know, we heard MJF had a torn labrum. And I guess that, that was real. Who fucking knows? I don't know. You know, we never know what's real, what we hear on the internet. But that's what I heard, and we, we presumed it was real. And and we presumed Samoa Joe was going to win the world title because MJF is injured. So that still may be the case, but if you watch this segment, it didn't seem to be the case. It seems like you said we were preparing for uh, opponents after World's End. Well, not just Swerve. like They're doing the same thing with Wardlow. Right, yeah. And the, the same thing with the devil. Yeah. So he's got a long line he's got to get through before he can take a vacation. Yeah. So is he really injured? How serious is it on MJF, you know? Mm -hmm. Who knows? I feel like a labrum is a weird body part to pick, though, if you're uh, going to fake an injury. That's just what they would want you to think. Normally you pick something people have heard of. Yeah, that's just what they would want you to think. It's true. But who, who knows? I don't know. You never know, with wrestling, you never know what the fuck is true. That's the thing. You know, because we're just sitting here at home, you know. Uh, many of us in, in the internet wrestling community, you know. You know, most of us don't have friends in the in the AEW or WWE or what have you. You know, we don't, we're not hearing the, the truth. You know, we're hearing secondhand uh, rumors and things like that, you know. Second and third hand rumors. Yeah. I mean, we try and bring it to you from reliable sources. I mean, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We try and bring you, right. If we say something, we try and bring it to you from the most reliable sources. Reliable sources that have been proven right time and time again. If we tell you something. Um, That that being said, we still don't know if it's fucking true Mm -hmm. or not, you know, at at the time. Right. If we bring you a rumor or or something that's been said on the internet, again, we we try and bring it to you from from people who have been proven right and proven themselves to be 
uh, reliable and not full of shit. Uh, all right, up next, we have uh, a, a non-title match, AAA Cruiserweight Champion Commander versus Roderick Strong. Uh, Roddy hit one of the loudest chops I've ever heard in my life on Commander. I heard it on Roddy with a chop that echoed around the world. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Good Lord, yeah. <laughs> so it was something loud. else. Um, Commander accompanied by Alex Abrahantes, Roddy accompanied by the Kingdom here. Uh, Commander hit a Teheras, then a dropkick. Uh, there's a backbreaker into a power slam by Strong. Uh, Crossbody off the top rope for a two count by Commander. Uh, Commander hit a spinning splash for a two count, then a moonsault onto Roddy and the Kingdom on the outside of the ring. Back in the ring, Roddy hits end of heartache for the pin and the win. This was a very good match, four bones out of five. I love the opponents that Roddy is picking, guys like Action Andrade and Commander and, and people like that. Very cool. He's, he's having good matches. Uh, I've been enjoying Roderick Strong's return from his terrible injury. Um, but yeah, four bones out of five for this match. Kay, what do you have to say about this one? Um, so watching this match, it made me think Roderick Strong is a little like Samoa Joe with how he wrestles, where... His movements are kind of slow until he attacks, and then it's like lightning fast. Yeah. Like, but but the but the time between the lightning fast moves is very like deliberately paced and and almost like lackadaisically slow. You know. Um, yeah, I can hear that. Uh, I just thought it was a really great match. Uh, Rod did a really good job grounding Commander, which I think is what contributed to his success in beating him. Mm-hmm. Up next, we had a brief recap of the whole situation between Thunder Rosa and Abaddon. You're skipping a part. What? So after the match, Renee was in the ring with Roderick Strong, who said that Samoa Joe is his best friend by proxy and that MJF is the devil. Oh, oh the end. yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, next, there was a brief recap of the Thunder Rosa and Abaddon versus... Julia Hart and Sky Blue animosity uh, that led to their match. And next, we had our main event on Dynamite, and Jim Ross returned for this match. Um, he had been having a, some trouble with, a, with his leg, I believe. He had had an injury on his leg that, that hadn't been healing. Um, but he, he returned because he's from Oklahoma, so I, th- I think he didn't have to get on a plane. And uh, so he was back to commentate this match. Continental Classic, Jay White with nine points, taking on John Moxley with 12 points. So if Moxley won, he would take on Swerve in the Gold League final. If Jay White won, he would make it a triple threat with Moxley and Swerve in the final. Uh, Mox grabbed White in a chokehold immediately. White tried to suffocate Mox with a ring apron. White suplexed Moxley against a guardrail. Back in the ring, White gouged Moxley's eyes. Uh, Moxley bites and scratches White, then superplexes him. 
White front suplexes Moxley onto the ring steps. Uh, there's a blade runner attempted, reversed into a paradigm shift. Moxley got a two count. Uh, color and elbow suplex by Jay White. And then a Kiwi crusher. He got a two count out of that. Blade runner, Jay White went for it again. It was blocked. Uh, that was followed by a stomp by John Moxley. Uh, and then Jay White hits the Blade Runner out of nowhere, gets the three count. Jay White wins the match, ends up with 12 points in the tournament, and makes it a triple threat for the semifinals. Jay White versus John Moxley versus Swerve Strickland. Uh, this main event match was excellent. Uh, I gave it four and a half bones out of five. Uh, at the end of the show, Swerve Strickland comes out. Uh, Jay White further attacks Moxley's knee after the bell. And uh, that and the show goes off the air. And Kay, what do you have to say about the main event on Dynamite? It was pretty good. Um, I noted Mox's biting, because I'm always a fan of biting in the wrestling matches. Um, do you think that Moxley's left knee bothering him is foreshadowing his loss in the semifinals? Uh, that's the way I took it, yeah. yeah that's what I was thinking. That's the way I took it. I, I feel like Moxley's not winning the tournament, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my only other note that you may have mentioned, I missed it if you did, though, uh, was that uh, when the ref was had his back turned uh, on the outside, Jay chaired Moxley in the knee. Oh. That was my only note that you didn't have. Yeah, and that was it for Dynamite. So let's head to AEW Collision Holiday Bash, uh, December 23rd in San Antonio, Texas. And we start off with a Continental Classic Blue League match. Uh, Brian Danielson with nine points, taking on Claudio Castagnoli with six points. Uh, Danielson put Claudio in a variation of a surfboard, but brought the impact down upon Castagnoli's knees. The two men exchanged a series of monkey flips, at one point resulting in a double pin. On a break in the corner, Castagnoli pokes his fellow BCC member in his good eye. Uh, Danielson attempted a running dropkick. Claudio caught him and began the big swing. Uh, He scored a two-count only off of that. Danielson then delivers a top-rope belly-to-back suplex on Claudio. Claudio delivers an avalanche suplex off the ropes for a two-count. A neutralizer by Claudio for a two-count. Danielson hits the Busaiko knee for two. Danielson starts kicking Claudio and then vice versa. The two men fight viciously until the final minute. Uh, Claudio attempts to pin Danielson, but the time expires. This was a a terrific match. Five bones out of five, which I rarely... It was a draw. I feel like you didn't make that clear. Yeah. Well, like I said, he attempts to pin Danielson, but the time Mm -hmm. expires. Yeah, Yeah, it was a draw. First draw of the tournament. Um, Can you get me some water, please? Yeah. Uh, Five bones. Uh, I rarely give five bones on a television match, uh, but this deserved it. Uh, It was fantastic. Uh, So Danielson now has 10 points advancing to the Blue League final, and Claudio finishes with seven points. And um, 
next we headed to the uh, Continental Classic recap of the past week. And, Kay, what were your thoughts on this Brian Danielson Claudio Castagnoli match? Oh, well, you gotta give me a second because I was getting you water, so I don't have my notebook. I appreciate it. Um, so, there were some brutal submissions by Danielson. I was super surprised that Claudio was going after Brian Danielson's eyes, uh, being a fellow BCC member. Um, uh, going into the match, I was really curious if he was going to take advantage of that, that injury, and he did. Um, so I think that shows how important the uh, competition is to both men. Uh, and I like that they gave it a time limit draw to show that they were, like, evenly matched. Yeah. I feel like that's showing that they have a lot of respect and faith and Claudio to say that he's on the same level as Brian Danielson, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hell of a match. Great match. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great match. Yeah. I didn't take very many notes because it's like one of those matches that just kind of sucks you in. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I tried to take what I could. I... No, you did a good job. I'm surprised you got that many. I guess you watched it twice though. Yeah. Um, Next up, we had a Continental Classic recap for the past week. And then we had the AEW World Trios title match. Uh, we had the champions, the acclaimed, and Daddy Ass taking on Top Flight and Action Andretti. Uh, there's a double-team backbreaker by the acclaimed early on. Billy Gunn tells Action Andretti to suck it, and then vice versa. Action Andretti told Billy Gunn to suck it. Top Flight hit a double-team Tornado DDT on Anthony Bowens. Andretti then hit a Moonsault. Uh, the Sizzami Timbers was broken up by Top Flight. They both hit uh, drop kicks on the men holding uh, the legs open for the Sizzami Timbers. Uh, Action Andretti hit a 450 splash on Max Caster for a two-count. Uh, Action Andretti then missed a standing Shooting Star splash. Caster rolled up Andretti, uh, holding the tights, it looked like, and got the three count. And the acclaimed and Daddy Ass uh, retained the titles. Uh, this was a good match. Uh, four bones out of five. Uh, Kay, what do you have to say about this one? That's a solid match here. Um, I wish the belts would have changed hands here to kind of shake things up a bit. Yeah. But since they made... Uh, custom belts for the acclaimed. Right. I think they're going to keep them for a long time, uh, especially because they were selling those like $5,000 belts, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I had the same thought. Yeah. They got those pink belts with the, yeah. with the scissors. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if they're dropping them anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. But I think it would have just been a nice change of pace and to get some fresh blood in the scene, you know? Yeah, no. I feel like I feel like they just need to shake things up a little bit. No, I think it would have been cool to see a, a title change there. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, because I mean, Action Andretti and Top Flight—that's an awesome trios team. Oh my god, they've been killing it! Like they've only been back for like a week, and already they're like my favorite trios team. Yeah, and to to be uh, and they had that awesome match against Penta. Commander and Vikingo. Yeah. And 
and they deserve some kind of reward for that. And mm-hmm. I thought they were going to be rewarded with the trio's titles. Like, yeah. I thought they had a good chance at winning it, and I think they should have won it also. I feel like they've had the best chance of winning it out of anyone that the Acclaim has faced since they got the belts. Yeah. I mean, that's not saying a lot, but... And they could have even maybe kept the kept the pink belts and uh, maybe dropped them two weeks later to the Acclaimed again or something like uh, that, you know? Yeah. But just shake it up a little, you know, like you said. Yeah. I mean, do it like that if you want to. Plus, like, titles don't change very often in AEW, which isn't a bad thing. No. no. But, uh... They change often enough, just often enough, I think. I like that they're, when there's, like, surprise title changes. Yeah. AW Collision doesn't surprise me a lot, and I thought they were going to here, and they didn't. Yeah. Very. And after the match, there were handshakes all around. That was nice to see. Yeah. Uh, up next, we see FTW champion Hook on a stoop in Brooklyn, I suppose. And uh, he accepts the Ring of Honor Pure Champion Wheeler Yuta's challenge for an FTW Rules title match at World's End. So that should be an interesting match there. Um, After that, uh, we see Brian Cage, one-third of the Ring of Honor six-man tag champions, uh, accompanied by Prince Nana, and he is taking on Keith Lee. Uh, Cage delivers a Teharis to Lee, Lee with a Teharis of his own on Cage. A tornado DDT by Cage. Cage then superplexes Keith Lee. Prince Nana brings out a cinder block. Uh, Lee hits Cage with a power slam and gets the pin and the win before Cage can use the cinder block. This match, not good. Keith Lee did not look good. It was... Mr. Harris looked good. Yeah, that, that, was, that looked good. He was slow. His strikes looked... Poor, weak, uh, not a good match. Uh, Brian Cage looked good, looked great. Keith Lee, not so much. Uh, one and a half bones out of five. Terrible match, short match. Um, Lee gets on the mic and says he'll be on Dynamite because there's a house he's going to tear down brick by brick, and we assume he's talking about the Mogul Embassy. And so is he going to go after... You know who, like uh, the the other six man champions. What are they called? The Gates, the Gates of, Agony? of Agony. Is he going to go after them? Uh, that's. I mean, I think. Well, he's gone after Cage, so yeah. wouldn't he have to go after the Gates of Agony now if he's going after brick, brick by, by brick? brick? That's how I took it. Yeah. I think some people took it as like. He's just going after Swerve on Wednesday. Well, if it's but brick I don't by think brick. that's the case. Yeah, if it's brick by brick, he's attacking everyone that Swerve cares about first. Yeah. So, I guess the Gates of Agony, good luck to him. They're beasts. Yeah. So, what did you, you think about the match? Do you have anything to say about it? My mama taught me that if you don't have anything nice to say, you shouldn't say anything at all. So, no. Okay. Except for Brian Cage looks good. There you go. Yeah, that's all I have to say for that segment. I have something else to say. (laughs) 
don't want Swerve to go backwards in his character progression. Mm -hmm. And I do not understand, one, why they waited so long to do Swerve and Keith Lee. And two, since they waited so long, why the hell they're doing it now? Like, he's got other stuff going on that's better. This is beneath him. Why are they letting this dead weight of Keith Lee drag him backwards? It makes me angry. I'm, I'm with you. On I behalf agree. of Swerve, I'm angry. I agree. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get why Keith Lee keeps getting booked. He keeps putting in subpar performances. Uh, I don't know. His matches don't do a thing for me. He's good on the mic. His character is different. Somewhat interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Let, him, let him be a manager. In the ring. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea, actually. Let him be a manager. But not Swerve's manager. Because no one's replacing Prince Nana. No. Because, I mean, if he's not going to put forth an effort in the ring, he doesn't yeah. need to be there. Correct. You know? Because he's not. He's not putting forth an effort in the ring. Yeah. Anyways, that's as much as I'll, I'll run him down this week. Uh, up next, women's world champion Tony Storm, uh, Mariah May, and Luther are with Renee. Uh, Storm still doesn't know who Mariah May is. Mariah May says her American wrestling license has come through and she's starting soon. Tony then discusses how she'll beat Riho at World's End. Uh, next, TNT champion Christian and Nick Wayne come out. Oh, you're not going to say how she's going to defeat her? How, she's she's going to gobble her up like a green grape. That's right. She's going to gobble her up like a green grape. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, so next, Christian and Nick Wayne come out, uh, and they're talking their shit. And then Christian invites Shayna Wayne, Nick's mom, uh, into the ring. And she talks about how she hit Adam Copeland with the TNT title belt because he had concertoed her son, her baby boy. Uh, Christian says he scored with Mother Wayne. Cage then accepts Copeland's challenge for a no-DQ TNT title match at World's End. So we're getting some World's End matches finally booked. Yeah. Um, Since it's Saturday. I hate how they wait so goddamn long, you know, to, to book matches for the pay-per-views. Uh, at least they've been building towards them. At they're least they've like, been building they're not, them. Like, right. They're just not officially saying them. Yeah, yeah. But I wish they would make them official sooner. Uh doesn't matter. Lexi Nair is with World Tag Team Champions Big Bill and Ricky Starks, who say the Golden Jets have to forfeit their tag title match. Chris Jericho shows up and says he's not forfeiting anything. He'll find a partner. Uh, it's unclear if he means this to be at World's End. You know, it's unclear if he means he's bringing a partner to World's End with him. Did you, did you take it that way? I took it as intentionally unclear. Okay. Like, I feel like they intentionally did not say at world's end because it would have taken three seconds to say at world's end, you know? Yeah. But I, I think it must be, I don't, I'm, I don't know. Who do you think his partner is going to be? 
Paul White. I have White. two guesses. That's one of my guesses. Paul White. Oh, or no, 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 no. Um, Kota Ibushi. That's my second Kota guess. Kota Ibushi. Or Paul guesses. White. Yeah. yeah. I'll put Paul White as my second guess. Kota Ibushi is my first guess. I I put Paul White as my first guess because I don't think they're going to win the tag belts. And I feel like if you have Ibushi and Jericho, they need to win the tag belts. Hmm. Do you think if Kenny Omega had been able to wrestle that they would have won the belts? Or do you think they I were? I do. Able- yeah, me too. Yeah, I do. So how does that work? If you find a replacement partner and you win the belts, when your regular partner is back, does he get the belt then? Or is it like, now it's this other tag team? I don't know, they might do it the New Day way, you know? Oh, where they just like rotate through? Where they rotate through and Cody Ibushi becomes a golden jet. Oh, because he signed, right? Isn't that a thing that happened? Ibushi signed? With AEW? I've signed so many people now, I know. you know. But I feel like it happened like in the last few weeks. I'm not sure. I'm I not think, sure, I honestly. I think so. I feel like I feel like he did. I feel like he did too. So that would be a good a good use for him. That's a good a good call. Yeah. Hmm. So up next, Continental Classic Blue League match. Brody King with six points looking to get into the final. Taking on Daniel Garcia, who has zero points. Uh, King dominates the early going. Uh, He even puts Garcia in a sleeper hold, dangling him over the side of the ring. Very dangerous spot. Uh, Garcia hits an impressive side suplex on King. Uh, King hits the Gonzo Bomb for a two-count only. Garcia rolls over King and gets the pin, the win. And three points. Brody King is eliminated with six points. Uh, This was a good match. Uh, Good back and forth here. Uh, Four bones out of five. Uh, The lights go out. When they come back on, the House of Black have Daniel Garcia. Uh, Daddy Magic runs in for the save. He was out there commentating. Uh, And then FTR run down for the save. And they say they're sick of all this. And they challenge the House of Black to a match. Uh, presumably, they're challenging Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews to a match. I think because that's who they show on camera when they say we, we challenge you. That's who's standing there together. That's who, who has been a tag team lately. Is Malachi and Buddy? Or are they going to do a trios match and put Daniel Garcia with FTR? Oh, I don't know. It was unclear. It was and unclear. they didn't say when. Yeah. It was unclear. Yeah. It could be that also. So either way they do it, should be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So up next, we had TBS champion Julia Hart team up with Sky Blue, and they took on Abaddon and Thunder Rosa in her return. Uh, the Heart and Blue team stay on Abaddon, just beating her and beating her. They're trying to get the, the hot tag set up for Thunder Rosa. Uh, and they're double-teaming her quite a bit. Uh, eventually, Thunder Rosa gets the hot tag. She comes in. She double-clotheslines Heart and Blue. 
uh, double clotheslines him again, gets a double knee in one corner on Hart, gets a double knee in the other corner on Blue, uh, hits a Northern Light suplex on Sky Blue for a two count. Uh, and then Thunder Rosa hits the Tijuana Bomb on Sky Blue for the pin and the win. Uh, Thunder Rosa and Abaddon get the tag team win. Three and a half bones out of five. Good match. Good tag team match. And it was great to see Thunder Rosa back in the ring. And she came out very Day of the Dead like she does. Uh, describe how, how she looked. You can do it better than I. Um, well, first of all, she came out in a car, which was cool. She came out in a convertible. Um, but she had on like a black robe over. She, her gear was yellow, very like strappy. Um, but she had this like crown. Uh, it kind of looked like um, in the Catholic Church when they have like paintings of Mary when she has like the halo, but it's like like that, you know. But it was like that, but made of flowers and had like the spikes of, and it was all black. It was very cool, very glittery. She looks awesome. That was my only note that you that you didn't say word for word that what I had written down was that Thunder Rosa looks awesome. And this time she was the full full face paint instead of half a face. Yeah. Which she, is un, uh, not normal for she, her. She looked great. She looked great in the ring as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. So up next we had our main event, uh, Continental Classic Blue League. Uh, Eddie Kingston and Andrade. Uh, basically, whoever wins this match is in the uh, uh, Blue League final, so the semifinal overall. Uh, Eddie Kingston has six points. Andrade has nine points. Uh, very methodical pace to start with. Uh, Andrade, eventually, he hits two dragon screws. Uh, running knees in the corner by Andrade. He gets a two count. Uh, Andrade hits the three amigos uh, in homage to Eddie Guerrero. Kingston unleashes a ton of chops to Andrade because that's what he does. Uh, Andrade snapmares Kingston right out of the ring. He snapmared him. Uh, then Andrade hit a moonsault to the arena floor on Kingston. Uh, two spinning backfists and a suplex by Kingston. And he got the pin and the win over Andrade. And he finished with nine points. And this match was the tiebreaker over Andrade. And so Kingston made it to the Blue League final. Uh, this match got four and a half bones out of five. Um, and I didn't even say the match of the night. Uh, yeah. This was the match of the night for Collision. The match of the night for Dynamite was obviously the Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli. That was the match of the night and the match of the week for AEW was Brian Danielson uh, and Claudio Castagnoli draw on Dynamite. Uh, so to end the show, Brian Danielson comes out and squares up against Eddie Kingston. So what do you have to say about the main event? Uh, there are some nice dragon screws by Andrade. That's one of my favorite moves that he does. He is also my favorite person that does the dragon screw. Um, as far as it looking like it really hurts. Um, I wrote lots of chops, surprising no one. Uh, Andrade's moonsault off the ropes was followed by a moonsault, standing moonsault in the ring, which that was cool. Because like as soon as he got in the ring, he did another moonsault, standing one. Um, and he got the figure eight on Eddie, and so I kind of thought the match was going to be over then, but Eddie got to the ropes to break it up. 
All right. So we have a, a longer than usual show for you tonight. So hopefully that's a treat for you. Not a, not a chore. Uh, we still have the news to come. We still have our top five lists to come. And we still have uh, the end of our year-end uh, awards to come And tonight. we have Collision at 8. Well, but that won't be us. We'll be on, well, yeah, we'll be doing a watch-along. So, yeah. yeah. I just meant so we have to be finished by 8. We don't have to be, but we'll try to be. We'll try to be finished. Not Collision, Dynamite. What did I say, Collision? You said Collision. Oh, I'm sorry, Dynamite. I don't know what day it is. Yeah, so as I said, we got the news, the top five, and finishing uh, our year-end awards. Uh, so, big show tonight. And so now we're going to do the, uh, what are we going to do? Are we doing the news? We do the news first, normally. AEW News Roundup. December 27th. In an interview with Adrian Hernandez, Samoa Joe said, quote, I have more than a handful of good years, end quote, uh, before retiring. Joe is currently 44. Do you think that's true? Do you think he has more than a handful of good years left? I think so. With his weight even? Yeah, because of the style he wrestles. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been that way his whole wrestling career, pretty much. Like, give or take 15 pounds. He's been pretty much the same. All right. I have faith in him. Uh, AEW collision ratings are up. Saturday's episode averaged 457,000 viewers on TNT. That's up 0.4% from the previous week. Uh, Collision drew a 0.15 rating in the 18 through 49-year-old demo, mm -hmm. and that is up 7.1% from the previous week. So that's pretty good. That sounds terrible. No, it's up 7%. I, I, I understand that. But, wait, it's up 7%? It's up 7%. Didn't you say 0 0.01? 0 0.15. So how has it gone up 7% if it's not even to 7% now? It's math. It was lower than 0.15. It can go up 7%. Oh, you're saying like up to... Okay, I got you, I got you, I got you. I thought you meant it went up by that many percentage points. No. That's why I was confused. Uh, Ray Phoenix has been pulled from an upcoming prestige wrestling booking due to injury. He was scheduled to perform January 5th. Phoenix will be replaced by Leo Rush, who is facing Samurai Del Sol. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount are discussing a corporate merger. It's unknown how a possible merger would affect AEW's on-air product or any rights deals. You know, AEW is in the midst of trying to secure another TV deal. Uh, they're wanting to stay on TNT and TBS, but it's not clear if that's happening. Uh, WWE has been in talks with TNT and TBS with Warner. They may both end up on the same channels. Who knows at this point, you know, is, is how it's going. Who knows? Uh, Soraya's brother, Zach Zodiac, made his AEW in-ring debut on Wednesday, December 20th. Zach Zodiac beat Peter Avalon. Zodiac has had six different tryouts with WWE. 
on Talk is Jericho, uh, Chris Jericho's podcast earlier this year. Zodiac said things were looking good for him to get offered a WWE contract uh, years ago, but then the global pandemic happened. It was a dark match. It was a dark match, yeah. Yeah. Uh, AEW announced a double taping of Dynamite and Collision in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, it's the last scheduled event before AEW Revolution on March 27th. It's going to be uh, at the end of February, the double taping. Uh, Will Ospreay scheduled his final independent wrestling match. He's wrestling Michael Oku for the Rev Pro Undisputed British Heavyweight title at high stakes on February 18th. Uh, his first match under contract to AEW will be March 3rd at Revolution, and we will be there. Yeah. Uh, AEW ratings down for Dynamite. Uh, Holiday Bash Dynamite averaged 782,000 viewers on TBS, down 7.5% from last week. Uh, Dynamite drew a .26 rating in the 18-49 through 49 demo, down 13.3% from last week. Probably due to the holidays. Uh, AEW senior producer and coach Dean Malenko has undergone successful brain surgery to treat symptoms of his Parkinson's disease, so his hands will stop shaking. So good for Dean Malenko. Wow, really? Like, they can fix it that much? That's what I read. That's cool. Former WCW Cruiserweight champion and, uh, and I believe maybe TV champion as well, maybe. Uh, C.J. Perry went home after successful surgery on her infected fingers and arm and should be back on television somewhat soon. Uh, lawyer Stephen P. New said we'll never hear him, CM Punk, or Ace Steel comment on the backstage fight at All Out 2022 with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks as their non-disclosure non agreements are for life. And Stephen New got in quite the uh, online argument with Chris Jericho this week. I'm sure everyone saw that. After undergoing his second surgery on December 16th, it's expected Bandito will be able to return to AEW around April or May of next year. Uh, AEW Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer Rafael Morphy has taken a senior vice president position with Brooklyn, New York's Barclays Center and is leaving AEW. December 23rd, Katsuyori Shibata left New Japan Pro Wrestling to sign his AEW contract. Yay! And in an interview with comicbook.com, world champion MJF said that in five years, he'd like to be a full-time wrestler as well as a full-time actor. So now it's time for the top five. It's the AEW top five. Each week we come up with the top five ratings for men, for women, and for teams in AEW. 
our uh, rating strategy is super proprietary, is super secret, and it is super accurate. And we will take it with us to the grave. To the motherfucking grave, y'all. Okay, where should we start this week? Women, get it off like a band-aid, rip it off. Women, why do we have to get it off like a band-aid? Because I disagree with it. Oh, well. Women, uh, number five, uh, falling two spots from number three last week, Abaddon. Uh, she, of course, has a TBS title match coming up with Julia Hart at World's End on Saturday. Uh, number four, rising up a spot from number five last week, uh, is Soraya. She was in the number one contenders match and lost to Riho. Number three, rising a spot from number four last week, is Julia Hart, the TBS champion. Number two, staying in the same spot, uh, she won the number one contender match this week, Riho. And staying at number one, the AEW World Women's Champion, Tony Storm. So where are you going to go, men or teams? Men. Men. Number five, uh, back in the top five, Claudio Castagnoli, after having that awesome uh, five-bone draw with Brian Danielson on Dynamite. Uh, number four, back in the rankings, uh, after winning on Dynamite, uh, Swerve Strickland. Who did he beat? Who did he beat again? What? Who did he beat on Dynamite? I don't know. I don't know. He beat someone on Dynamite. Number three, uh, Part of that draw on Dynamite. Back in the rankings, Brian Danielson. He beat Roosh. He beat Roosh. Swerve Strickland beat Roosh. Number two, saying the same from last week, Samoa Joe. And number one, same as last week, AEW World Champion and one half of the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, MJF. And in the team rankings, uh, number five, same as last week, the House of Black, Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews. Uh, number four, back in the rankings, MJF and Samoa Joe. They, of course, tonight on Dynamite are defending the Ring of Honor tag team titles against two of the Devil's Minions. Number three, falling two spots from number one last week, the AEW World Tag Team Champions, Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Number two, staying number two from last week, Top Flight and Action Andretti. Uh, they almost beat the acclaimed and Daddy asked for the uh, trios titles this week. And number one, up from number three last week, the acclaimed and Daddy Ass, the World Trios Champions. So again, to recap, in the teams, you got number one, the acclaimed and daddy ass. Number two, top flight and action Andretti. Number three, Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Number four, MJF and Samoa Joe. Number five, House of Black. In the women, number one, Tony Storm. Number two, Riho. Number three, Julia Hart. Number four, Soraya. Number five, Abaddon. And in the men, number one, MJF. Number two, Samoa Joe. 
Number three, Brian Danielson. Number four, Swerve Strickland. Number five, Claudio Castagnoli. And them's the rankings, folks. So now we are back to the awards. And I just need to take a second to find them. You put them with last week's awards. You told me to remind you. Yes, I know where they are. I just need to find where that is. If only we'd gotten sticky notes for Christmas. Oh, I did get sticky notes for Christmas. I found them. Okay. So we start right there. With storyline? Yeah. So now we're going to finish our first annual No Bones About Wrestling year-end awards. And, of course, keep in mind, these are only for AEW. So our first award is for storyline of the year. And the award goes to MJF slash the devil. Uh, and the runner-up is MJF slash Adam Cole slash Roger Strong. So MJF and the devil uh, definitely has kept us interested mm -hmm. um, for months now. Has kept yeah. us interested, uh, us and the wrestling community. You know, some people feel it lost a little steam when CM Punk showed up at Survivor Series because so many people wished it was CM Punk, mm -hmm. even though another half of the internet wrestling community was screaming at them, telling them it's not CM Punk. You know, they were, you know, they were wishful thinking. I was wishful thinking. Um, it would have been so good. <clears throat> like, excuse me. Blown everyone out of the water. <clears throat> Pardon me. It would, it would have been so good, but it just was not to be. He had, oh, yeah. no. he had actually been fired, apparently. <clears throat> but uh, this angle is still, <clears throat> pardon me, it's still mighty interesting. Uh, and, you know, it may be coming to a head at World's End on the 30th here in just a couple of days. Uh, but it's had, you know, quite a number of highlights, of course, with the, the devil and his minions attacking... Hangman Page, you know, putting him through a car windshield, putting uh, Anthony Bowens through a window, attacking the claimed and daddy ass, uh, attacking Hangman Page. Oh, I just said that. Attacking him MJF with a beer bottle. Attack Jay White. Attacking Jay White. Um, so, you know, who are they? We believe uh, Adam Cole, uh, The Kingdom, Roderick Strong, and, uh -huh. and Wardlow. That's what we think. Yeah. Um, so I, th I think we're right, but we'll see who the, who the fuck knows, really. Um, but I think Adam Cole's the devil. I would put money on that. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. But it's been an interesting angle. It's gripped my attention like, like no angle in wrestling for quite a while. I think it's been interesting. Um, a lot of people have complained about it, but people complain about goddamn anything, you know? So, um, I don't know what they're complaining about. It's, it's a wrestling show, and it's been something that's, that's kept our interests. Um, so, you know, just go with it. Enjoy the fun. Enjoy the mystery of it. If that, those are my words to you. If, you. if you're not with it, just go with it and enjoy the mystery. It's a whodunit. Um, and just enjoy the fun of a whodunit, you know, uh, and trying to, Search out the suspects. Um, that's always a fun thing. If it if it's done well, if it's told well, 
if the ending is done well, that's always a fun thing, I think. Um, and that's why this storyline has been so engaging. Uh, and the runner-up for storyline of the year? That was MJF, Adam Cole, and Roderick Strong's friendship triangle. So that, that was all pretty funny. Uh, of course, it all started with MJF and Adam Cole going on one mandate. You know, Adam Cole being like, you know, what the fuck, why not? Uh, go with MJF. Wasn't that how it was, basically? I believe so. And and they actually, you know, ended up uh, becoming friends. And at first people best were like... Best friends. Best friends. And at first people were like, well, one of them's going to turn. You know, MJF's going to turn. He's, he's just playing Adam Cole. And people were like, Cole's going to turn. He's just playing MJF, right? And everybody thought one of them was going to turn on the other. And neither of them turned. And it seemed like it was for real. Mm -hmm. I mean, legit. And then, of course, Roderick Strong the whole time trying to break them up. Uh, and, you know, getting injured, getting in his wheelchair, uh, and becoming the most hilarious part of AEW when he, when he got his wheelchair. And the most next strong. And the most next strong part of AEW. Um, and, of course, then we get all those great scenes in Roderick Strong's house of him making... Adam Cole make, you know, peanut butter and jellies and making him move furniture and clip the lawn and all of that stuff uh, led to all those. Uh, just a great storyline that led to so much comedy not, and not just comedy, but led to so much character development, really, of yeah. all three of these guys. Um, I mean, that's how MJF became a face. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like. Um, led to so much character development of the, of the three of these guys. And it's hard to develop characters while doing comedy. It's really hard, I think. Um, but they they accomplished it. And these three characters are now very different characters than when we began this story. Uh, and they've done a great job with it. Uh, so that's why it's the, the runner-up. Um, yeah, you have anything to add? Well said. All right. And our next award. Our next award is Manager of the Year. And it goes to Prince Nana. Prince Nana. And our runner-up is Don Callis. So everyone's, like, favorite person in wrestling and everyone's least favorite person in wrestling, basically. Because who doesn't love Prince Nana? Right. Who doesn't? Um, People without souls. You have Cole. Yeah, you have Cole in your heart. Um, where your heart should be. If you don't like Prince Nana, if you can't get with him, I don't know what your problem is, for real. Um, just delightful. He's currently managing Swerve Strickland on just a, the, the streak of his life. Might be managing him to a world title in 2024, we hope. And he's managing the uh, <clears throat> Ring of Honor six-man. So everyone's... Yeah. Everyone's either got a belt or is chasing after one. Yeah, Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony holding on to those belts. Uh, they're monsters. I can't believe they lost them in the first place, but they they uh, got them back. And, yeah, he's a delightful manager. He's an effective manager. Uh, very sneaky. Very good at getting things done. Um, and now it seems like, uh, you know, we saw this on um, – it was a collision, yeah. When MJF and Swerve had their words, uh, was this a collision or dynamite? 
My name is Jeff and Swerve had their discussion in front of the uh, locker room. I don't know. It was on one of the shows last week. Was well, it matter? Not really, just for accuracy's sake. I think Dynamite. I think it was on Dynamite. Well, whenever they were having their discussion, uh, you know, Prince Nana at the end, you know, he said, oh, boss, I forgot I got to put you on about last uh, Saturday on Collision. You know, now it seems Prince Nana may have some hand to play in the whole devil uh, deal, you know? Did you catch that when he said no. that? Oh, it, it seems as though he may have some hand to play in the whole devil deal. So we'll see what, what he was talking about. And of course, there was that one mask found in front of the Mogul Embassy uh, locker room that started that whole discussion between MJF and Swerve and Prince he, Nana. He wasn't talking about Keith Lee? I'm not sure what he was talking about. That's, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so very good manager this year. He deserved it. Uh, and being a former manager myself, I feel very qualified to give the award out. Um, who was the runner-up? Who would we give it to? Don Callis. Don Callis put together his family. Uh, very effective. Good start. Even though now they're kind of scattered about, um, Kyle Fletcher is the Ring of Honor World Television Champion. I know that doesn't count for AEW. Um, but he's been managing Kyle Fletcher, and Kyle Fletcher's had some terrific matches in AEW. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs he has, who's just a force. You know, body slammed Big Show uh, onto that car. And, you know, who could forget that image? Well, that'll we'll see that a million times, you know. That was something. Uh, he, he, of course, has Will Ospreay. And we'll see. When, when Will Ospreay comes in in March of 2024, will he remain in the Callis family? You know, is he going to stay a heel with the Callis family? We'll see. Um, who else does he have? Yeah, Sammy Guevara, who's Sa currently injured. Sammy Guevara, who has been cleared to come back from his concussion, but we haven't seen him yet. Well, he just had a baby. And he just had a baby, right. Uh, so we should see him very soon. Uh, he also has uh, Kanosuke Takeshita. Kanosuke Takeshita, right. So he's got a good stable going. And he's just a piece of shit you know plays a piece of shit and has been very effective in fucking with kenny omega and you know kenny omega's seen several losses due to callus's interference and the callus family's uh interference whether it be psychological interference or actual interference you know well plus just all the matches we got that he orchestrated between his family and the elite over the course of the year mm -hmm. we really got to see some Really awesome matches, thanks to Don Callis. True, true. So, yeah, runner-up for manager of the year, Don Callis. Plus, it's so fun to hate him. Yeah, yeah. No, he's great. He's a, He has a great wrestling mind. Yeah. And he's always been a great uh, manager and commentator, I think. And I believe he used to be a wrestler. I'm not sure about that. I've never seen any, any of his matches, but I believe he used to be a wrestler. Hmm. I could be mistaken. Um. I never saw any matches. Next up. Next up. Is Trios of the Year. Trios of the Year. And the award goes to the House of Black. House of Black. Runner up, the Elite. So the, the House of Black. Um, very unique Trios. Uh, they held the World Trios titles 
throughout uh, part of this year. And the World Trios titles came with the, uh, what are they called, the house rules. Mm -hmm. Why don't you explain those to us? So they have the open house rules matches. Uh, let me see if I can remember what all of them are. Uh, it is a 20 count instead of a 10 count. Uh, disqualification is enforced. Um, dealer's choice means that the opponent gets to choose a rule uh, to be applied during the match. And there's, oh, uh, there's something about rope breaks. I think you only get two, but I might be wrong about that. There's one other rule that I'm missing. Do you know what it is? I think there may have been. Yeah. That's the gist of the it. The gist, yeah. So they, they brought they brought with the titles. Uh, when they won the titles, they brought with it their own set of rules, which was really cool. Uh, and then they would also change the lighting in the arenas, um, which a lot of people hated on. But, uh, you know, it was cool. It was mm -hmm. changed the presentation, changed things up, made, made their team noticeable, made their team unique even even more unique than uh, the house of black already were and uh, i enjoyed it and the the house rules then made each match unique as well because uh, i mean literally you, you were having different rules for every match and it, it just made things more interesting i thought um and i wish that 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 they would keep some form of that around um well, Julia Hart has kind of picked up the mantle and continued the tradition. Yeah. So maybe if they get belts back, they'll go back to it. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. But I mean, but they were they were a great team. Uh, Buddy Matthews uh, as a high flyer and technical wrestler, uh, Malachi Black with the you know kickboxing uh, and brawling. Um, and Brody King with his with his brawling, uh, just they were a great combination, and and, and a lot of times you know you'd, you'd see matches ending with all of them uh, having opponents in submission holds and all of their opponents tapping out at once. Uh, just a delightful team to watch wrestle together, and I hope they stay together for quite a while. And I I really hope AEW brings the trios belts back up to the position of honor that they were at when the elite and and the death triangle were fighting for them uh if you remember that best of seven series between the elite and the death triangle that blew the fucking uh roof off off the place i mean that best of seven series they had seven amazing matches in a row and really made the, the trio titles mean something big. And then the House of Black ended up winning them and really kept it kept them big. And this is no offense to the acclaimed and daddy ass, but they've fallen off uh, from where they were. Uh, and I think that's because they don't defend them as much. Mm -hmm. That's just one thing. Or when they do, it's against teams that are like never going to win them ever. Exactly. Exactly. It's, uh, and we don't see as many trios matches with just teams, not not for the belts. Mm -hmm. We need some of those. Yeah. We need some more of those. So I'd like to see the trios division featured more. Um, you know, it's a, it's a tradition down in Mexico seeing trios matches because it's exciting. Pardon me, seeing six men. And in Mexico, when you see one man go out of the ring, there's no tag needed. 
another man is allowed to come back right right in on his team. So there's no delay in the action for the fans. There's and no delay in the action. That was one of the rules that a team that was fighting the House of Black chose as their uh, dealer's choice. Mm -hmm. And I looked it up because I had the list written down from last week. Uh, the other rule was that there are no rope breaks. Not that there were two, but there, there are none. Okay. Um, and then the runner-up. No, the runner-up. Well, was, I wasn't done. Oh, uh, I could go on and on about the House of Black. Um, but yeah, they, they, they took the trio spelts to a whole new place. Uh, it'd be interesting if they would add a member, perhaps. That would be cool. Um, you know, Are they adding Sky Blue? Do you think that's what's happening? Here? I don't know. Abaddon seems tailor-made for the House of Black to me. That would be cool. If she would, like, tone it down just a tad. You know? Um... Tone down the screaming just a little bit, or maybe not. You know, fuck it. Let her be her. Let her be her screaming self. She seems tailor made for the House of Black, but I think they go by they them. Out on. That's how they were referring to they uh, them. I think so. That's how they were referring to them on. Uh, well, they'd be great. Yeah, um, yeah House of Black just uh, House of Black just uh, terrific. Uh, had had a great year. We haven't seen them featured as much in the in the last few months, but they, they were good enough this year to win Trios of the Year. So congratulations to them. And runner-up, I'm sure they really care. So runner-up. Is the elites. The elite. Uh, as I mentioned already, they were part of that awesome uh, best of seven with the Lucha Brothers. And the elite came out winning it, uh, and they held the belts uh, from January through March this year, held the World Trios titles, and we're just a, a fun team to watch. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, uh, just, you know, one of the best wrestlers in the world, along with one of the best tag teams in the world. Just very fun to watch. Uh, didn't even matter who they're wrestling. They're still fun to watch. Um, I don't know what else I can say about them. Just uh, they are elite, as their name says. Uh and they deserve to be the, the runners up, and and so they were. They, they and they had a, a very good year, and they'd kind of dropped out of the division, but they did enough in the early part of the year that they deserve to be runner up. I thought. Oh, there's more that go on the next page. Yeah. Oh. I thought we only had two more. No. Okay, I thought I thought we were missing some big ones that we had talked about. So next up is Tag Team of the Year, and the award goes to FTR. Seven-star FTR. So um, F let me tell the runner-up. Oh, okay. And the runner-up is the Lucha Brothers, who Asa is sporting a Lucha Brothers shirt that he got for Christmas. Yeah, Lucha Brothers Christmas shirt. There. Yeah. So, um, FTR uh, won the award. They you know, flat out tag team of the year. Uh, they held the belts for, for quite a bit this year and, and had some great matches. They had uh, what a lot of people think uh, the best tag team match to, to ever. Well, a lot of people think the best tag team match ever. A lot of people say the best AEW tag team match ever uh, when they fought Juice Robinson and Jay White on Collision. 
it was about like a 58 minute match or some something like that two out of three falls and uh they they kept the belts but it, it was an amazing match it was, it was fantastic to see uh, they had other matches like that that would go you know 27 minutes you know 20 minutes other matches that were just knocked down drag out not an hour long uh, but they know how to put on a match they know how to uh, put on a match to really make it look like a contest between two groups of guys. They are experts at tag team wrestling. Uh, they've really revived AEW's tag team division, and it needs a shot in the arm now because the tag team division, just like I was saying with the trios division, has kind of fallen off. You know, we don't see a lot of tag team matches anymore. Well, that's because of the Continental Classic. I know, but we don't see a lot of tag team matches anymore, so it's something we need to we need to see some more of, um, and figure out how we can see some more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, FTR just just amazing. The throwback to the eighties, uh, the, t- the time it was a golden age of tag team wrestling, especially in like NWA, Mid Atlantic, uh, Jim Crockett Promotions. Uh, all those sort of teams. There were, there were great teams in WWF then as well. I don't I don't mean to discount them, but NWA Mid Atlantic was the, it was my thing, uh, and it was their thing as well. Meaning FTR. Uh, so is that because you're all from North Carolina? Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, and so just seeing them take that and bring it to life, bring that that tag team. Uh, the, the mindset of those tag team matches, those classic tag team matches, uh, bring it back to life again, uh, has been terrific. And, and they've been, a, like I said, just a great, uh, great part of AEW. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad they're going to be around for several more years. Um, yeah, Kay, you have anything to say about FTR? They have the best entrance music. They have very good entrance music, that's for sure. I agree with everything you said. That's my only addition. No, we didn't do an entrance music award. No, I suggested that, and you said no. I thought you said entrance. Well, I meant entrance music. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. So well, who are the runners-up? The runners-up are the, the Lucha Brothers. The Lucha Brothers. Brothers. <clears throat> Man, what can I, what can I say? Uh, two of the best wrestlers in the company uh, tagging together. Uh, of course, you have Ray Phoenix and Penta El Zero Miedo. Um Tagging together, they have tagged up so many times. The, their work together is nearly flawless. It's fluid. Uh, it seems like they can read each other's minds. Uh, they can certainly read each other's you know movements, know what the other one is about to do. It feels like mm-hmm. uh, know where the other one is about to be. And they've had classic matches as well. And they had a very good year until Ray Phoenix got injured, whenever that was, around September, October. Uh, they had a very good year. Uh, I don't think they held the belts this year. I don't think they did. Well, they held the trios belts, and Ray Phoenix held the international championship belt. Yeah, but I'm talking about the tag team belts. No, I, don't think they did. I don't think they held the tag belts this year. Um, but still just a great team. One of those teams when you see the Lucha Brothers, usually you know you're going to see a good match. Even if they're up against two jobbers, you know that the offense on display is going to be amazing to see. 
Um, and when you have a wrestler like that, and that's going back to someone like not to not to compare their style to Bret Hart, but the same thing with Bret Hart. You, even if you have him against a jobber, you know you're going to see something that looks like a good wrestling match. That's how good they are at wrestling. Uh, when you have someone like that, it, it, they're truly great. Uh, and that's what the Lucha Brothers really are. Um, two of the best luchadors of all time, I would say. Um, and and like I said, just to have them in a team together is, is amazing. And uh, yeah, they're yeah they're terrific. Uh, so yeah, runner up, definitely they deserve it. All right, next up we have tag slash trios match of the year, and the winner is. FTR beating Jay White and Juice Robinson in a two out of three falls match on July 15th. Collision in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. The runner-up is Top Flight and Action Andretti beating Penta El Cerro Miedo and El Hijo del Vikingo and Commander on December 15th on Rampage. So yeah, the, fir the first one, the winners, I should say, FTR over... Um... Bullet Club Gold. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the match everyone said was the best tag team match. Best tag team match they've ever seen on uh, Collision. I don't need to talk a whole lot about it, but just so many near finishes, near falls. You know, it's amazing to put on a tag team match that, that goes for an hour, you know, um, that keeps people interested. And like we were interested, we were like on the edge of our seats for yeah. most of that that hour. You yeah, know? I mean that was that was just you know it was terrific. They put fantastic. on an amazing match, um, five bone match. Uh, yeah, it was great. I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah, they won one match of the year deservedly, a tag team match of the year, I should say, tag team slash trios match of the year. Uh, won it deservedly. It was it was a great match, um, and a lot of people, I'm sure, will be giving it a, the, the same kind of award as well. As they should. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they really deserve it. And the runner up, the runner up match, that match was amazing. The trios match, mm -hmm. uh, like my favorite trios team I've ever seen, I think, is Commander, Vikingo, and Penta. I think so. No, 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 no. I take it back. One time I saw the Lucha Brothers team up with Vikingo. I think that was my, I think that was my favorite trios team. But this, that, that trios match, the runner up uh, here, um, where Top Flight and Action Andrade beat Penta, Vikingo, and Commander. Uh, you know, Chris Jericho said it was one of the best matches he'd ever seen in his life. Uh, and he's been around wrestling for, you know, 30 years or so. Um, and it was one of the best, I've seen a lot of fucking wrestling matches and it was one of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen. It was, it was certainly one of the best trios matches I've ever seen. Uh, just so much action, so much going on, so many moves, uh, things I'd never seen before, which if you can do something in a wrestling ring, I've never seen before. Uh, that's, that's great. You know, I'll applaud you every time I'll give you, uh, your flowers as they say. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a deserving runner-up um so yeah all right 
And just to point out again, that was on Rampage. So if you're not watching Rampage, get with the program. Watch Rampage. They have good matches on Rampage. Yeah, the Rampage is a good program. Like, if you don't watch it and you like AEW, for real, you should be watching Rampage. Yeah, it's, it's a- like a wrestling vitamin. It's like concentrated because there's not a lot of stuff in it. It's just wrestling. Yeah, they're not doing a lot of backstage stuff. They're mm-hmm. not doing a lot of stuff. That it's just matches, mostly. And they're good matches, like mostly good matches every week mm-hmm. and there'll be things like this trios match and uh random random matchups uh that turn out to be terrific and like i said or like Kay said rampage really is a terrific show um it is like a little wrestling vitamin so compact and before you know it the hour's up and you've mm-hmm. you've seen a bunch of good wrestling matches. Yeah. So check out Rampage. Yeah, don't sleep on Rampage. Next up, we have Women's Match of the Year. And the award goes to Tony Storm beating Hikaru Shida to win her third Women's World title at Full Gear November 18th, 2023. Runner-up is also from Rampage, I believe. Or no, it's from Collision. Uh, Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale beating... Mercedes Martinez and Diamante in a Texas street fight on December 16th. Winter is coming edition of Collision. So for the winner, Tony Storm. Uh, Tony Storm won the, her third women's world title over Hikaru Shida. It was a nice battle. Uh, I believe Shida is a three-time champion as well, she is, right? She was the first one to be a three-time champ. So it was a cool battle seeing those two fight. Um and they they really they just did it you know they they had a very good match um i believe it was like uh maybe like maybe like four bones four and a half bones somewhere along there um but just a very good match uh good back and forth and uh, very exciting to see tony storm win and uh just very exciting to be a part of this new character that that she she has going on this timeless Tony Storm, uh, so anything that can give her more accolades and screen time right now, I'm all for it. Um, but all that aside, it was it was a very good match between two of the best, uh, uh, if not the two best that AEW has. Um, so yeah, match of the year for sure, Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida. Uh, okay, do you want to talk about the runner-up? I will, because I loved it. So, these these four women have had a feud going kind of between Ring of Honor and AEW, um, off and on for the last several months. Uh, and when we went to Collision, we saw them in a four-way, but this was a four-way Texas street fight, which I was like, oh, so this is going to be a hot mess. Uh not a four-way it, tag team. I'm sorry. What did I say? You said a four-way. I'm sorry. But tag team. Sorry. Um, but anyway, when I heard it was a Texas Street fight, I was kind of thought it was going to be disastrous, uh, which I think it easily could have been. And it wasn't at all. It was really good. It was really hard-hitting. They used a ton of different weapons. These women were beating the crap out of each other, and they were just bloody messes by the end, which, like, I don't... Blood, I'm not a big blood person, but I feel like it was used well here. Uh, and yeah, I just felt like it was a big step forward in women's wrestling in AEW for it being kind of on par with their men's wrestling. Um, 
on television instead of on a pay-per-view. You know, I feel like we don't get to see that a lot. Uh, and this was a great example of it. Do you have cool. any thoughts? No, uh, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very good match. And yeah, like you said, it was just a good fight, uh, you know, down and out fight. Fun to watch, uh, good use of weapons. Um, women just went out there and did their thing and uh, yeah, and did it, mm -hmm. yeah. And all four of the women in the match are good, solid wrestlers. So that was nice. We, and, didn't, we didn't have anyone having to carry the others, you know? Right, right. I mean, I agree. I would probably agree with runner up. It was a, it was a very good match. Very good match. One of the better matches I've seen lately for sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's hard when Jamie Hayter's out injured, Thunder Rosa was out injured, Britt Baker has fallen off the face of the planet. So. Um, all right, up next is Men's Match of the Year, and the award goes to Kenny Omega winning the IWC, is that a C or a G? GP. GP, U.S. Championship from Will Ospreay at AEW and New Japan's Forbidden Door on June 25th, 2023. Runner-up. Brian Danielson beating Zack Sabre Jr. at WrestleDream on October 1st, 2023. So let's talk about Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. Uh, what a fucking match. Maybe the best match I've ever seen. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. Once you get to a certain level of great match, it's hard to say this is better than this. You know, how do you even? So I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have a ranking of the best matches I've ever seen because it's hard. I, I have a group of the best matches I've ever seen, not, not a list, not a ranking of them. Uh, but this is in that group of them for sure. I mean, this was knockdown, drag out. You know, it, it was technical. It was aerial. Uh, there was brawling. There was blood. Uh, unlike Kay, I love blood in a wrestling match. You know, I love the, the realism it adds. Um, I know that people are very. It's a very divisive thing in wrestling. I love, I love blood. The, you I know, like the, it when it's used appropriately. The minute blood comes in a match, I, I'm instantly more invested into it. You know, you could be having just a shit fest, and somebody, somebody bleeds, and I'm like, okay, let's see what's going on now. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm a sadist, but that's that's the that's that's me. Um, but man, they they tore the house down. Uh, they had the, the match of the night at uh, Forbidden Door, and it was just just amazing. It was two of the best ever doing doing their thing at the at the highest level. You know, um, it was you know it was Michael Jordan versus Magic Johnson. You know, it was just. It was just amazing to watch. I don't know if I, have, if I have any words to quantify what we saw. I mean, just if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. Wrestle Kingdom 2023. Uh, just go and find no, it. Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door. I'm sorry. What did I? You said For, Wrestle Forbidden Kingdom. Door 2023. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom was when they had Kenny and Osprey won. Yeah. Forbidden uh, Door yeah. 2023. Just go and watch it. Uh, even if you have seen it, go and watch it again. Forbidden Door 2023. Just a, an amazing match. Um, 
Yeah, that's all about all I have to say about it. Just uh, knock about down, the... drag out. Uh, wow. Still, what? still wow. <laughs> what about the runner-up fight uh, between Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr.? That one was wow also, but in a very different way. Um, you know, that one was two of the best or not two of the best. That was probably the, the two best technical wrestlers on the planet having a, a an excellent top-notch technical wrestling match. Um, so it's a very different feel than the Omega and Osprey match. Uh, not as much high-flying and that, that sort of thing. Uh, but just... Again, wrestling done at a very different type of wrestling done at a very high level. Just, you know, holds after hold after hold, uh, reversal after reversal after reversal. Uh, just things, if, you, if you've not been into certain types of wrestling, if you've not watched a lot of maybe European uh, wrestling um, or a lot of a lot of technical wrestling, a lot of things that you've never seen before, probably, you saw in this match from Zack Sabre Jr., or a couple from Danielson as well. Um, but yeah, it was a terrific match, and they took each other to the limit as well. And you, ne you never knew who was going to come out the winner. Um, who did come out the winner in that? Brian Danielson. Danielson, that's who I thought did. Um, you never knew who, who was going to come out the winner in that. And uh, it really put, for people who didn't know him yet, it really put Zack Sabre Jr. He was already on the mat. But like I said, for people who didn't know him yet, uh, AEW fans maybe who didn't know him yet, it really put Zack Sabre Jr. on the mat as just a phenomenal wrestler. Um, and that was the first match that they ever announced for Wrestle Dream. And like when you title your pay-per-view Wrestle Dream, like that better be a damn good card. Mm -hmm. And that with and that first match, it was like first match announced. It was like, okay, you 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 got my money. I am invested in this Wrestle Dream idea because that is a dream match. And Wrestle and Dream was, won our pay-per-view of the year, also. Yeah, largely because of the match, for me anyway. It um, just, it, it had a, like, a very high yeah. average of, of very good matches. Yeah. Um, all right, next up we have Women's Wrestler of the Year. Oh, we got two more. Yep. And the winner is Timeless, Tony Storm. And the runner-up is Hikaru Shida. So what, what more can I say? Timeless Tony Storm has, uh, She's been great all year, whether it was in the outcasts. Uh, she was having great matches there. Uh, she was the best of the three outcasts, for sure. Uh, she was stand out there. Or whether it's, you know, once she got away from them and, you know, doing her thing as Timeless Tony Storm, she has entertained us all year. Um, and Timeless Tony Storm is one of my favorite characters. I think she's a lot of, she's caught a lot of people. Uh, by surprise, uh, and and by surprise has become a lot of people's as one of their favorite characters. Um, yeah, I just love her on the mic in the ring. She has become one of the more entertaining parts of AEW, uh, man or woman. Um, and and yeah, so 
Women's Wrestler of the Year, well-deserved, timeless Tony Storm. Uh, had very good matches this year, won the women's title. Was she having it twice this year? Twice this year, yeah. Twice this year. Um, yeah, don't, don't know what else to say. Yeah, like I said, it was good all year. Two different gimmicks, two different world title reigns. I mean, did them both very well. Uh, yeah. And Hikaru Shida, you got anything to say oh, about her? Oh, Hikaru Shida. Um, it was nice seeing her come back and get the world title again. And she is uh, she's usually, you know, very high class in the ring. Uh, the the storm feud was, I think, the best thing that happened in uh, AEW women's wrestling this year. Uh, storm versus Sheeta. Um, so I I wish they would use Sheeta more. I'm not sure where she is right now. Um, why she's not being used right now? I don't know. Um, well, because you only have one women's match on each show. Yeah, true. But um, but she definitely deserved to be to be runner up. Um, and like I said, did a great job in the ring every time I saw her, which was well, I saw every AEW match this year. <laughs> so she, every match she wrestled did a great job. And um, yeah, I don't know what, what more to say over here. Yeah. All right, well, let's go to our final award. Final award, Male Wrestler of the Year. With Male Wrestler of the Year. And the award goes to MJF. And the runner-up is Kenny Omega. The Male Wrestler of the Year. Um, well, let's talk about the runner-up first. Um, Kenny Omega uh, had a phenomenal year. Was in the Elite, you know, part of the six-man, the, the trios champions. Um had phenomenal match after phenomenal match, you know, had that match against you. You were mentioning several of his matches, um, had a phenomenal was, match against MJF on television. Yeah, that was great. Um, a couple of months ago, he had a great match against Kyle Fletcher. He had a great match. Kyle against, Fletcher. Uh, kind of skate to Keshta. Mm -hmm. Just, and those, and those were just his like TV matches, but then you also had all of the stuff that was happening between him and, and the Callis family. So you had this great, like, bubbling, hatred-filled story uh, to fuel the matches along. And it's just, he he's uh, such a capable wrestler that I feel like you get a lot of his emotion when he wrestles. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And so having this, this emotion-fueled feud... Uh, it really came across in, in his in-ring as well as his, his promo skills, you know, um, and, just on fire. And he was in the match that where uh, Vikingo made his AEW debut mm -hmm. in nowhere, Missouri, wherever it was. It's like yeah. Independence, Missouri or something like that. I forget where it was. It was in Missouri. Um, and he was the one who like kind of introduced Vikingo to the world. Uh, but he was in just a number of monumental matches this year and just terrific matches uh, kind of and kind of sh showing guys to the world like Kyle Fletcher, like Elio Del Vikingo, who a lot who has been a star around the world. But a lot of people I didn't know who, who he was, honestly. And now he's like my favorite wrestler. Um, I think you could say the same thing about his match with Takeshita. Takeshita, yeah, kind of kind of. You know, he, Omega has been like a star maker this year, you know? Yeah. 
And the same with Osprey. If people didn't know who you, who he was, if a, if you were an AEW fan only and didn't know who he was, had a you know the best match of the year, made Osprey a star in the in the, in the eyes of AEW fans. If if you didn't know who Osprey was, like I said, if you were just an AEW fan, um, Omega just terrific performance after terrific performance. Right now, of course, he's out with diverticulitis. Uh, hopefully he's okay and gets well. Um, but yeah, just had a, had another terrific year and he just keeps on going and he's one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen. Uh, and now let's talk about the wrestler of the year, MJF terrific year. Uh, when he held the world title all year, Mm -hmm. um, he has now surpassed Kenny Omega's record and is the longest reigning uh, AEW World Heavyweight Champ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, beat challenger after challenger, uh, showed people sides of himself uh, that they didn't think he had. Uh, you know, was in um, uh, Iron Man matches. You know, uh, like I said, fought Kenny Omega. Uh, fought back Kenny Omega on television, uh, be- became a face and showed people that side and, you know, became a comedy face even. Became a tag team wrestler. Became a tag team wrestler and won the Ring of Honor Tag Team yeah. Championships. And just continued, like I said, to to show people different sides of himself and uh, that at MJF there was more to him than just being an insult comic. Uh, that he could wrestle different styles if he wanted. He can wrestle as a face. He can wrestle as a heel. Uh, he can wrestle tag team. He can wrestle singles. He's he's trying to show people that he's the man, and this is his company, and he can do as he wants in it. And he you is, know? and it is, and he can. Yeah, I mean, he's trying to be like the Hulk Hogan of AEW and be everywhere and in every part of it. And, uh, and that's the way I see it and, uh, and good for him because he, and, and make it his company and he's doing it and, uh, and yeah, good for him. I mean, because as young as he is and hopefully the, the older guys like Kenny Omega, I mean, he's an executive vice president, you know, they need some of the younger guys to take the lead and MJF is still young, you know, he's 20 something. So he has a lot of years left if he wants to wrestle. Uh, especially the style he wrestles. He can wrestle for many, he can wrestle for decades more if he wants to. Uh, yeah, just a, a terrific year. Uh, b- bout after bout, he was involved in the storyline of the year, we said, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the runner-up storyline of the year. And the runner-up storyline of the year. Um, one wrestler of the year. Um, kept the world title all year, as we said, just a, a terrific year. And uh, AEW is in good hands uh, for the future. And like I said, this year he really made it his company, I think. He really did. And, you know, they, they say that his contract is coming up and blah, 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 this and that. And we'll see if he resigns in 2024. And who knows? And I don't know. Who knows? I think uh, he's already resigned. I don't know. I don't know. We don't need to get into yeah. that, but hopefully he has already resigned. If not, hopefully he resigns as soon as he can. Hopefully they make him a generous offer. They realize 
he's the face of the promotion because uh, he brings so much to the table. Um, so, so much, really. I mean, he's, he's uh, magnetic, really. Uh, anything uh, he does, whether it's in the ring or part of a, a, a segment, you know, uh, outside the ring, part mm -hmm. of a storyline, he's magnetic. You know, you're watching him uh, to see what what he's going to do. Or, you know, mm -hmm. don't you agree? No, I absolutely agree. Um, because just, you know, whatever he's going to do, it's going to be worth seeing. Mm -hmm. It's going to be funny. Uh, yeah, he's just, he's, he's, he's becoming one of the greats. I mean, that's what we're, we're seeing. That's what we've seen this year. Uh, it's, he's, he's becoming one of the greats. Um, so, yeah, wrestler of the year, MJF. So those are our awards. Those are our awards. So when can they hear from us again? So you will hear from us again. Uh, well, right now we're going to be on our, uh, you can catch us. It'll be a different feed. So you'll have to get out of this feed and, and catch it on YouTube. But we're, we're going to be on a watch along for uh, Dynamite in a couple of minutes here. Um, AEW Weekly, I don't know when it's going to be next week. Um, so watch uh, watch on X for an announcement on our X account, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Watch on there for an announcement. We 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 will be on next week, but I don't know when. Um, Why won't it be on Monday? I'll tell you later. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I got for you. Okay. Cool. So, uh, Kay, you have anything to say? As Mick Foley would say. Have a nice, have a nice day. day. Thank you for watching. Okay. Bye.